You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. What's up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of Politic, and it's your girl, Kenya Abbott Jr. Joining today, we have some awesome guests. Um, today, we're talking about money. Money matters, okay? And I got some financial gurus at the table with me, because y'all know this is not my lane, but I'm trying to become a little bit better off, because I'm sick of being poor. But today, we're just going to talk a little bit about, you know, what are some good investments? Um, how can people start thinking about their money differently? How can we start to be thinking, you know, cooperative, cooperatively um, when we're when we're thinking about economics, a lot of other communities do that. And I think that it's very important for us to start thinking differently, um, particularly the millennials, black millennials in the city of Detroit, because we are kind of on, you know, a better, a better start, I say, mm-hmm. um, than probably some of our, our um, elders or our parents were. Uh, but before we get into the conversation, I want to let y'all know who's at the table joining me today. Um, I have a new friend. New, uh, I, she might end up being a mentor. She don't even know it. Uh, <laughs> Sylvia is at the table. Um, I had one interaction with her and I'm like, this is to know what she'd be talking about when it comes to this real estate, when it comes to money. And I knew that this would be a, a perfect space for you to join politics. And so I'm glad to have you at the table today. Thank you for having me. Oh yeah. No problem. I also got my long time youngin at the table. IJ out here doing real things. What you say? Real money moves real out money here. Moves. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I'm really excited to have you joining and just bringing your expertise because I know you're hitting the ground running, Mm -hmm. particularly in the youth space, which is where my heart is at, you know, making sure that the youngins got something that they can start with. My homegirl, Angie P. (laughs) In a place to be. (laughs) Yes, Angie P. Look, you're a finance major, correct? Yeah, so she's been doing this all her life, right? (laughs) This is her lane. So I'm glad to have you joining. We go way back, Cass, Hubbard Hall. Let them know. And last but not least, um, always already been joining this season, but yes. my bro, he been helping too. Ken out here. Ken and Ken. Hey, yeah, yeah, all the time, all the time, man. I got to represent and help, and help out when I can, man. Thank mm-hmm. you for having me again. Yeah, always. And so I think that we have like a plethora of knowledge at the table, particularly mm-hmm. when we're talking about money um and just thinking about the city of detroit we know that the city of detroit is on this comeback that everybody says but i mean i love when you know most of us know it never left right it's been people here grinding Mm -hmm. holding down this tax base this all these miles Mm -hmm. (laughs) that we've been trying to cover but i just want to kind of get into this conversation um thinking particularly around generational wealth i think it's a good place to start Mm -hmm. um particularly as millennials, and what should we be focused on? And before we even get to that, what is generational wealth from my my financial gurus? What does that exactly mean? Can y'all let the, the audience know? Um, I guess, I, sorry, I'll start. So um, to me, when I think of generational wealth, I'm thinking of uh, assets that you have acquired, um, and that includes knowledge. It's not just financial um, assets or things like that, but I'm, I'm thinking knowledge as well that you mm-hmm. continue to pass down generation to generation. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of my thought process when I think about generational wealth. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say when I think about generational wealth, um, like you said, assets come to mind. Um, a lot of people um, don't know kind of the basis between assets and liabilities. So mm-hmm. um, when you're thinking about assets, you're thinking about things like real estate, mm-hmm. um, trust funds, um, things that you can leave behind for your kids and your future legacy to come. Um, that's what I think about regarding generational wealth. Um, like you said, in our culture, 
we leave things behind, but not um, not as much as other cultures. And that's something I do feel like we can definitely work on when we when paying attention to generational wealth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When I think about generational wealth, I think about a legacy and resources that can be passed down. Because mm-hmm. like in our culture, our community, we don't have a lot of resources that are passed down to be able to do or to be able to know about. Mm-hmm. So um, off of all those, those are great. Um, I can't really add to those too much. But what I will say is um, the knowledge is important. Finding assets is more important. Um, but actually figuring out and developing processes to keep them, like I was saying earlier, in the family mm-hmm. to be able to pass them down. How do we pass these things down? Um, and, and how do they affect us as we pass them down? Mm-hmm. Um, making sure that they are keeping us afloat, keeping us uh, ahead of the game and trying to keep us on a cutting edge. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that I just want to highlight, thank y'all for that response. Cause, and the reason why I think one of the bases is having this is being able to be a source to teach. Cause a lot of times mm-hmm. we say these terms and people don't know what it means. And yeah. so that's why I'm kind of asking y'all, what do y'all believe, you know, generational wealth is before we get into convo? Hey, Lo, welcome to the building. What's up? What's up, everybody? <laughs> so Lo joining, joining. But so right now we just breaking it off with the early questions and feel free to chime in where you want. But just being able to be an education space as well for the audience. And so one of the things that I really like and want to highlight is the fact that y'all didn't just get on the capital. Y'all got on the fact that it's about the knowledge base. And a lot of times people think like, oh, you got to have it. Not necessarily. Sometimes you just got to know the right terminology and the words to use to get somebody else to invest or to get other people to be able to use their money or spend their money better. And so. Why do y'all think generational wealth is so important? I mean, I know for me, like, the whole piece around the fact that I was able to come home and obtain a home, right, mm-hmm. that I don't have bills for is paid, mm-hmm. right? That's a sense of generational wealth. That's yes. something that my, that's an asset that my grandparents are able to pass down, and it made me more comfortable. So now I'm not thinking about having to pay rent. You know, I can take that money now and do something else, like invest into a business or this podcast and be able to start trying to do more with what I have, right? And so why do y'all think generational wealth is important or even should be a, a conversation that we should be having amongst each other? Um, you spit, you you actually hit it on the head, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, uh, to come home and actually not have to purchase a home. Like we have a lot of people out here that's new home buyers at 21, 22. Yeah. yeah, that's fabulous. You know, congratulations for them. But I mean, to have a mortgage or an additional bill like that that you have to carry, mm-hmm. essentially, is it a liability yes. or would it be able to help you yeah. until until what time does it become a true asset? Mm-hmm. So for, for your family to keep an asset or hold that house and now give it to you, that mm-hmm. was an asset to be able to pass down. So yes. that is part of generational wealth. And we have to do that with everything. Knowledge, mm-hmm. um, the, the positive money that we talk about, um, the things to protect our money, um, because I personally deal with life insurance a lot. So my thing is we we are misinformed about how to truly use life insurance mm-hmm. or what life insurance policies could be used for. Yeah. And if we actually understood those, we would know that we need to actually add those to our portfolio. Mm-hmm. So when we learn how to diversify that portfolio, it would be able to take us uh, even greater distance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think um, generational wealth is important, especially to speak about it, because it will take a lot of people out of survival mode, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. our culture and our generation where a lot of Anytime people, y'all agree. <laughs> <laughs> where it's just you in survival mode. you got to find a means, a way to get out, to mm-hmm. maintain, to be able to stay where you are, where you don't have growth. You just 
stuck. You're just there. Mm-hmm. So I think generational wealth is very important and not just the money base, but also with the resources, the knowledge mm-hmm. and things to be able to gain. Because even some people can come home to a home mm-hmm. and tear it up. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and yep. I mean, well, what did that help with? Nothing. Mm-hmm. Right. It didn't help with anything. Or even so. thinking about the homes that's been in families and young people don't even want them. I've oh, heard about that so much. But you so know what? To, to piggyback on what she was saying about the whole survival mode, um, I'm a witness to that because in my family, I haven't gained any type of generational wealth in no aspect at all. Uh, besides maybe knowledge, we had love in the house mm-hmm. and that's what we had and that, and that was it. So, um, I could see the differences it made in my life versus some of my peers who had situations where they could receive a home from a grandmother or a grandfather or whoever the case may be. And, you know, how they don't have to go through a lot of the financial hardships that I may have to face, which is, you know, just keeping up with rent. Um, you know, nowadays uh, the economy is a lot more expensive. We, we're we seeing that now a bag of chips is a dollar. So. Yeah, so it's like, you know, back in the day, I would say, you know, I'm not necessarily saying they had it a lot easier than we had, but we face a lot of different difficulties uh, for our social media influence. A lot of our decision-based uh, things that we do for our consumption uh, is a lot uh, based upon influence a lot greater than it was before. So it's a lot easier to maintain and stay in your lane of things that you were trying to do, maintain your focus. Mm-hmm. Um, nowadays, like we say, you know, uh, the, the influence of social media is so great. We see it every day by people, uh, overnight success. Um, mm-hmm. You know, now everyone's branding themselves um, and, you know, creating their business within themselves. So um, like I was saying, just back on the generational uh, point about, um, passing on generational assets, um, it's really, really important to do that because, like you said, you will go into a survival mode situation where now you're getting into things of, you know, illegal situations, which, again, um, correlate with a lot of black youth uh, being in prison mm-hmm. and things of that nature because we lack these certain tools. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. No, you brought up a good point because I think my thought process was, okay, having a lack of generational wealth uh, affects uh, generational curses. Mm-hmm. And how I mean that is, okay, you know, parent probably didn't graduate from high school. What was the reason why? Maybe they had to take care of their brothers and sisters. They didn't have bills and things like that, or the bills were too much. Mm-hmm. So they had to work. So nobody, so the, the child didn't have a chance to uh, have a, a ride to school. They got to stay home and watch their little brother and sister. Now, now they're not mm-hmm. graduating college because, again, not only is it just from a financial perspective, but generational knowledge. All, all that parent knows, is like y'all said, right? Survival mm-hmm. mode. Mm-hmm. Look, I got to go to work. You want, you want to mm-hmm. be able to eat at least rice and beans this week, <laughs> you know? Right. So um, you got to stay here and watch, you know. Whoever. So they teaching their kids yeah. that, like we learn yeah. things a habit. We a lot of times I look up and do the same things that my my father do, mm-hmm. and I look up I'm like, dang, I sound just like my daddy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you well, know, and, I can say, yeah. um, just coming from my experience, my turn from generational wealth is it started with my mom. Mm-hmm. Like she was really, she was a single mom, like you know most of our moms, and um, she raised two girls by herself. So, but she was very knowledgeable regarding finance. I would literally see my mama at the table, you know, doing her checkbooks. Where now we're in a generation we don't write checks, right? Like I literally went to a school maybe two weeks ago, and I'm like, who know how to write a check? Nobody could raise their hand. Mm -hmm. And it's simple things like that because every we have so much technology, and that where I feel like it can be a hindrance to us. Like you was touching on social media Mm -hmm. regarding like our youth and you know 
that's the biggest thing with me giving back to the youth. Mm-hmm. I'm probably the youngest one at this table. <laughs> <laughs> that's was, why you the smartest one. Right, right. <laughs> the wisest one. You're going to jump past all of us. <laughs> because I wanted to start young. That, right. And then, like, uh, when I go into these schools, they I'm someone they can relate to yeah. um, regarding the generational wealth. And I'm someone they listen to because when I, you know, when they usually. They usually see people who are not our race. Mm-hmm. And then, too, they have somebody just going out and go, bank with us because we can give you the best interest mm-hmm. rate. And they're like, yeah. what is the interest rate? I don't yeah. even know what a checking account yes. is. Yeah. I keep my money in a shoebox because yeah, that's right. how yeah. we grew up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that I feel like that the knowledge is that what that really means the term for me with generational wealth. It mm-hmm. touch on the knowledge, but it also t- touches on the experience mm-hmm. where you have someone where you can. I tell my students all the time, my personal I give them my personal number. Like, hey, call me. When you get to college, if you need anything, let me know because nobody's going to come up to you and say, hey, save this amount of money. This is what you need to be putting up to create this type of interest or this is what you need to occur. Keep your credit cards at 30 percent. Nobody's Mm -hmm. telling you that because their goal is to keep us in this financial Hold. And then, like you said, a lot of times people parents don't even know that. People so, parents don't even know that. So yeah. it's hard to pass down anything that you don't know. Yeah. yeah. And that's why we wake up a lot of times, you know, over the years, and we realize, like, you know, dang, you know, mama really don't know much. You know yeah. what I mean? And that's a different reality too. Mm-hmm. So but yeah. What they do pass down is certain. Like you will see some moms who are single. They may live in Section Eight because I've seen it working in real estate where they daughter turn eighteen, they like go apply for Section Eight or mm-hmm. go get affordable housing or something mm-hmm. like that rather than pushing them to do more they just doing what they know mm-hmm. teaching so, what they know i'm going out of order the way i sent y'all the questions but i'm just gonna <laughs> let y'all know that ahead of time because i think this is a good segue one of the things that i never really thought about um a lot of people know i'm in a nonprofit world for my day job and mm-hmm. so i've been learning a lot with the language around you know economics and particularly when we're thinking about prosperity within this realm right. financial mm-hmm. literacy and financial mm-hmm. capability mm-hmm. Um, those two terms got through at me and I never thought of it in the way that I, it was presented because when we think about financial literacy, it's kind of like what we talking about right now. It's like, okay, what do you know when it comes to finances? Mm-hmm. It's the knowledge piece. Mm-hmm. But then when you start talking about the curses or you talk about generational cycles, that becomes the capability part mm-hmm. of what you're actually able to take from your knowledge yeah. and put into practice. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And so thinking about like a lot of what we deal with I think is more so financial capability because now we in a space where we kind of know that's why we see everybody credit scores now you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying because yeah. everybody geek yeah. like we hip yeah. now you know? yeah. Yeah. but and what are we actually <laughs> doing you get what I'm saying like how are we taking that knowledge and putting it into practice now and so I want to kind of get y'all feedback on this whole idea of financial capability is that a thing like are we in a space because and we can kind of tie these questions because I'm thinking about millennials and how we breaking barriers. I think mm-hmm. a lot of us got good jobs. I mean, yeah. I know, like, mm-hmm. I don't know a lot of decent. people that, I mean, they decent. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, yeah, because, of course, we're in a, in a time where cost of living is higher than what it was. So bringing home 60 grand now nah, and bringing home 60 grand back in the day is not the same. Right. You know what I'm saying? But even thinking about it. Are we are we in a space where we are becoming financially capable? Or are we just financially literate at this point? I will answer that kind of a little bit. <laughs> I'm going to give my own personal example. I can't really speak for everybody else. But, I mean, as a as a kid, I kind of was spoiled. So I kind of had that mm-hmm. lifestyle to say. And I only said that because I was raised by my grandparents. So they was really giving me mostly everything I needed. Um, once I got to college, it was like I was by myself. Yeah. So when I had to, 
I ain't spitting no names, but when I had to go to the financial aid office and talk to my hitter every time, give <laughs> me some more money. You know Shout what I'm out. saying? Yeah. Shout yeah. out. It's an AG. You know, hey, if, I, if I ain't had AG, I would have never finished. But my a lot thing of people is, wouldn't have. But my thing is learning the literacy part of the knowledge of how mm-hmm. money money actually works mm-hmm. then i was able to use something for something else to get by yeah you know so then now i finish school after i finish school now i'm in the real world oh my i don't get no refund checks i don't get none of yeah. that what mm-hmm. do i do mm-hmm. you know i was right. in a fire relationship then that broke down and you know what it felt like i was in a young young life crisis because i ain't old or mid like yet. <laughs> but i was in a young life crisis and you know what i did i went on and bought a bmw motorcycle but how did i do that and i just graduated college but i understood the financial system and how it works and i understood mm-hmm. how to get money now to use it for later Mm -hmm. whether it was for good stuff or bad stuff how to get money now and use it for later now the capability part is can we get the mindset to get out of the maybe hood that we might talk about Mm -hmm. or that rut that we need to get out of to actually take off can Mm -hmm. we use the money for something positive Mm -hmm. to build something for ourselves yeah yeah i feel like with millennials that's kind of where it's stuck at Mm -hmm. because it's like everybody in the culture is kind of like down here so when you do know your credit score or you do know how to get it here you just here yeah Mm -hmm. but then it's like where do it go from here yeah Mm -hmm. where do you put it into where do you what do you what do you start with Mm -hmm. what do you um how do you progress how do mm-hmm. you grow yes and i feel like with the millenniums it's like we breaking burials but are we growing yeah. or are we just kind of just at a standstill with being having the knowledge that our parents didn't have mm-hmm. or that or knowing something new it's like the comfortability yeah, yeah. it's like that's real comfortable that's but, because yeah. people are people are afraid of change we're almost turned into like rural communities you know yeah, we, so. we don't don't bring any buildings in my community no not, not <laughs> nothing like that but it's like we we actually have to take on something different now that we got ourselves here what can we do to actually spring you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying so like i'm a tax preparer all right and 82 percent of my clients this year now we knew we know uh our president um or y'all president oh, whoever president the yeah. president <laughs> right he, he, the tax law he signed changed a lot of stuff for people yeah. okay so a lot of people claim that they didn't get a, a, a big refund back or they didn't get the same amount of refund they got last year 82 mm-hmm. of my tax clients either got the same or higher this year and i didn't do nothing but what i'm supposed to do mm-hmm. you right. know as a preparer i'm supposed to find ways to help you figure out where to put your money at mm-hmm. so you know if we can appropriate our money or just like taxes example if we can actually appropriate or study our taxes all year long instead of just thinking about, okay, it's December. Oh, tax time coming up. Let me make sure that I'm going to be getting some money back. Yeah. Why don't we study our taxes all year long? Mm-hmm. So then we can realize how to actually make our money or use our money efficiently throughout the whole year. But yeah. you know what? To kind of stand on that other side, too, because I think I'm pretty good with being evenly balanced with, you know, the not knowing and the knowing. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of in that, in that instance, I feel like it's the difference. The capability is the wisdom. Mm-hmm. You know, and the literacy is the knowledge. So a lot of times, like we may have the knowledge to do some, you know, you may know this is right or you may know this is wrong, mm-hmm. you know. But if you haven't experienced certain things, mm-hmm. like you said, watching your mom write checkbooks and she probably had you participate in certain instances as well. So now you're comfortable and you're getting gaining that type, type of practice mm-hmm. to implement those uh, type of tools into your life. So we could sit here all day and, you know, give out definitions, terms and all of those type of things. And we could sound politically correct and all that. But at the end of the day, that's why you still have those certain guys that say 
well, I mean, I'm still putting my money in the shoebox. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because they don't have the experience. And Correct. I think the best thing for us to do if we want to shift the culture is to put a lot of workshops in place mm-hmm. and things like that where the youth can gain experience in a new, fun, and cultural way. Mm-hmm. I think other than that, we wouldn't be able to progress besides just doing. It's Like I said, it's just totally different from knowing something. Like That's why they say you could be book smart and street smart. Mm-hmm. You know, you can know a lot of stuff and still be a fool. Yes. Yeah. Just the key to that is just making it relatable too. Mm-hmm. like um, like you said, like putting it in our schools, um, just me just starting when I start January um, this year. So just being in those schools, like you hear students all the time, like nobody ever told me this. Mm-hmm. Nobody ever put it this way. Whereas this relatable and they're looking at me like, you serious? Like, is this really possible? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, you, you BSing me, right? Like yeah. it can, it cannot be this easy because, you know, in our world, we like, we trying to finesse most of, you know, yeah. we trying to get by. And, you know, that's kind of like the way of culture. And it, it looks cool when it's on social media because you got the coolest clothes, you got the drip. Everybody like that. He got these shoes. He got this, you know, this stuff. But it's not it's not taking you nowhere. Like you right. said, it's it's keeping you at a, like a standstill. So that is the huge part to me, like putting it in the youth, actually make it relatable. So now you have and it's the about making it, making it, making it cool. Like right. you said, and like you making it cool, it cool because like we base a lot of our morals and a lot of the things that we do from the hip hop culture mm-hmm. a lot of times. And they're constantly talking about having stashes of money. And I'm not one that's shaming rap or anything like that because I listen to it daily. But just knowing how to decipher entertainment from reality. Yes. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, you know, we even say it. Oh, I can't wear this shirt again. I had this on on Instagram. <laughs> I can't. You know, I'm, no, I no swear that's true. This, that's this, this is real. That's a so mindset. That's a, that, the mindset is where we got to start before we even really start talking about anything. Like we gotta, we gotta shape what we think is cool. Like we even nerds, supposed they even got a stigma of being lame. So now, right off the rip, education is not cool. Correct. I don't want to learn nothing. Correct. Because now I'm gonna be identified in a class that I don't want to be in. Yeah. You know, a picked on class or whatever the case may be. We've been there before, and a lot of times you have to, you know, the kid who do wants to learn or whatnot. Now a lot of times, you know, he's the kid that's. He'll he'll be a little bit more bashful about learning certain things mm-hmm. because he don't want to seem uncool. So he want to increase his knowledge in the streets. Mm-hmm. You know that's a lot less effective. So we got to change. You know what's cool, and we really got to reach out to the ones who are effective and have that platform. Like you know a lot of the artists that's doing today. You know like Meek and a lot of them guys who are uh, speaking on financial literacy and things like that and making it cool. You see that we got a lot more rappers starting to talk about it now. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So the awareness goes is with, up. With habits, where mm-hmm. it takes thirty days to gain. A habit, it takes 30 days to break a habit. Mm -hmm. And you can have a workshop and different things for a few hours or a day, but if you don't stick to it or they're not continually around that environment, Mm -hmm. it's out of sight, out of mind. They just go back to what they know. So it's just being comfortable or just having that environment or having them people that will be like, well, I don't care if I'm different. I don't care if I'm like this. I don't Mm -hmm. care. We're taking that standstill to break a generational cause to mm-hmm. be able to create a generational wealth. Without mm-hmm. that, you're going to be going in circles. Yeah. Right. So to, to follow up on that, like all of my tax clients, they, they low-key was, uh, they're not mad at me, but they, they was kind of asking me questions because they didn't know that I was going to send them quarterly reports to check in on them. 
to see how they were doing, if they were following their their taxes and what's been happening since January. Some of them, most of my tax clients talking about, yeah, I need to start a business. I want to start a business. Oh, since you said that, okay, now I'm going to see if you've been paying attention to your money, if you've been being disciplined to see if you can get closer. Correct. (laughs) To see if you can get closer. Because my thing is we lack discipline in a lot of this. You know, we want, we think we're business owners and we think we're running businesses. And and I'm talking about even from the streets to, to entrepreneurs. My thing is, are we tracking? And if we can't be disciplined, we're not actually being efficient Mm -hmm. with that. So we can know a lot of stuff, but are we actually practicing it like you're saying to actually Mm -hmm. hold ourselves accountable to do it efficiently and actually have something to pass on later? Mm -hmm. Great point. Great. Mm -hmm. Um, What I was going to say was, man, there's so many good points. So then I was like, (laughs) oh, I got something for that. I got something for that. No, um, I think kind of talking about going back to your question as far as the capability versus uh, literacy. as minorities, we're already disadvantaged. Um, studies have shown that uh, to to our counterparts, white white counterparts, unfortunately, um, there's seven to, seven to ten times more uh, have more wealth than we do. Mm-hmm. So we already starting off by being born by the color of our skin, just be, from yeah, from I'm, that we already yeah, at a disadvantage, yeah. right? Um, and to your point, like everybody has to get educated, and it has to be not just the child, but the but the parents, mm-hmm. you know. Because if you t- it's just like school, right? If you in school and you telling this child to do X, Y, and Z, and they go home and they parent let them do whatever, like it's they gonna come back to school tomorrow doing the same thing, doing, doing the same, same thing. thing. <laughs> They're not gonna learn. Like it's the, it's the same thing, yeah. you know. So you know you can learn it. Um, and like you were saying about celebrities, you know they are. They're not putting a lot of emphasis. I think they're starting to a little bit more, but they're not putting a lot of emphasis on um, the fact that, you know, a lot of like Jay-Z, for example, like or you can use um, uh, Magic Johnson or Shaq. Like a lot of them, like they had a lot of money from being athletes or being a rapper, but they are investing in a lot of businesses Mm -hmm. um, and and they're trying to create that generational wealth to for it to continue through their generations. Mm-hmm. But all we hear is like, oh, he, he's a rapper and he got all that from the money and that's it. But it's like, mm-hmm. no, it's, it goes beyond that. Like, yeah. they're investing in things. But that's because no one's taking the responsibility of their success. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of times, our, our um, black counterparts who are very successful, like you speak of, Magic mm-hmm. Johnson mm-hmm. and, you know, Michael Jordan and those mm-hmm. guys, they're so personalized on their own individuality, their own individual generational wealth for their kids and their mm-hmm. grandchildren. And like you were speaking of, like, you'll be BMW motorcycle and stuff like that. You do tax preparation and things of that nature. You know, it's about sight, seeing. Mm-hmm. A lot of times kids want to be who they see, mm-hmm. who they see what's successful around. And oftentimes, like in my situation growing up, you know, the what I seen what was successful was the dope man, mm-hmm. the rapper, mm-hmm. the athlete. Mm-hmm. So, of course, if I want to be out of this same bucket that all the crabs in and I see mm-hmm. this is the way out, mm-hmm. a lot of times that's going to be the route that I see more feasible to take yep. out. Mm-hmm. It's yep. the route that I see other people that's like me um, having a chance to make it out. Mm-hmm. I'm not seeing tax guys coming in here telling me it's money in accounting. Mm-hmm. I'm not seeing got doctors or lawyers coming back like Ben Carson and them guys coming in, to, coming in here and driving Ferraris and I'm seeing it like, oh, you know what? Dang, a doctor don't sound, you know, too bad. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of brothers that's doctors, you mm-hmm. know. It, 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 it actually can happen, yes. you know. And just and 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 those type of influences, we have to really gain the youth's influence mm-hmm. so much. And like you said, participation every day, a consistent thing, you know, twenty four hour workshops or something like that, or mm-hmm. you know, instances where they you know can derive from social media and go to other social app platforms to gain certain knowledges in a fun way. So um, I think that's very very vital is the hand in, hand on part participation you know mm-hmm. like we get a lot of kids going to school and a lot of people want to be entrepreneurs like you were speaking of because we just live in that generation and we are in a 
dem- certain demographic where, you know, we faced a recession and a lot of people lost jobs. Mm-hmm. So it forced right us to be entrepreneurs and start mm-hmm. educating ourselves. We didn't come from the Industrial Revolution where, you know, you didn't have to have education. You can go straight to Ford and work yep. and make an honest living. Mm-hmm. Those times are different. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's just about the influence, really. And that's really, really, I think we need to be dogmatic on is mm-hmm. our influence. Yes. And I think, too, um, just being more intentional. I think that for us to really break barriers, particularly as millennials, we're going to have to be very intentional, especially with creation of family. Like actually putting those investments in place to teach young people because it's one thing to be in a school and then being able to do stuff on the side. But like you said, if I'm going home to an environment where my mama just don't care about that, my daddy just don't care about that, that cycle is still going to continue. We got to start creating those avenues and making sure that when I get to college, instead of me finally, you know, getting a job and checking my credit and realizing it's a bill in my name, <laughs> allowing myself right. to now have some prosperity, you know what Correct. I'm saying, on that end. And I think a lot of times, even in our families, like we sell ourselves short because we put ourselves at a disadvantage before we even get an opportunity to begin to prosper. Mm-hmm. So just thinking about that. But one of the things I want to switch gears just a little bit. <laughs> I was recently on a, a podcast. Uh, it's called American Winer. It was really fun. I'm usually never on the interview side. You know, I'm usually <laughs> doing the interview, and so it's real fun to be able to talk my junk and not, you know, have nothing attached. <laughs> but he asked me a question about what I felt like one of the biggest problems in Detroit was right now. And I talked a lot about the wealth gap. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so apparent. I mean, like, you can literally ride down the street and see it. Like, literally, if you go right now, just take. From downtown, you can hop on third if you want to. Just go up to New Center and then start keep going. You can easily see it. And it's like, for me, it's so much money. And I and I like to talk money because I think money is so fake in 2019. Mm-hmm. Like, it seems like it doesn't even exist no more because mm-hmm. we don't got no money. But every day we look up something being built, something being, you know, mm-hmm. invested in. But mm-hmm. we ain't got no money to fix the problems. Mm-hmm. Um, There is a... Obvious wealth gap. What do y'all think is causing this wealth gap in the city of Detroit? I got a lot of answers to what I think is causing it. And is there a solution to how people can get on the same page here? Because I don't know. I can't keep saying like, oh, it's just all downtown and the corporations. Because it's pockets. It's pockets. It's people in the city that's thriving right Mm -hmm. now in pockets. Mm -hmm. Um. What do y'all think is causing this wealth gap in the we city? We just got the. I think it's. I think I. Me personally, I think about three things. I think about knowledge, guidance, and resources. Mm-hmm. Because with those, with the particular business that I do with the foreclosures, it's like a lot of people had no idea what it was about to the point that some people thought it was fake. Like, well, you mean to tell me I can get contracts with doing this or doing or doing business with the government or Fannie Mae or Hood or the land bank. And when you see how to get the contract and how simple and easy it is, mm-hmm. you wouldn't believe how many people could be doing it in their own community. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they could be making anywhere from 2500 to three grand a house. Easy. When it's like the companies that are not even here hold the contracts and subcontract out work mm-hmm. to the contractors that are here and they're making pennies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's just like right there is just like that resource for them to know it wasn't there. And mm-hmm. then it's like the guidance to show them how to do it's not there. And then the knowledge definitely wasn't there from the beginning. Mm-hmm. So what you what you're referring to is basically teaching value. Mm-hmm. We have to teach value man why we should be better. Mm-hmm. Um at at the end of the day when when we're missing those gaps of finding the value and why we should change our habits or why we should change our ways, why will we need to? 
You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, the accountability measure or the factor in that is saying, like, look, we got to align ourselves with like minds or with like people. If we go back home, I mean, we, we have like when we have hold events or host events, you have a sign in sheet. And my thing is one of the hardest things I'm trying to help uh, build myself up on is follow through. Mm-hmm. You know, follow up. And when I talk to people, I have my clients or we have big seminars. I might have a list full of 75 people, but I need to make sure that I get all my 75 people in the system. So I uh, so then when I send my follow up email, everybody can be touched. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the day, I see the people that actually respond back to my emails and the people that don't. I still reach out to them again in the future only because I still care. Mm-hmm. I want to see them do better. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's what I do on my part is try to make sure that I can instill value into people. So then. And they could want to come to me and say, listen, how else can I get there? What else do I need mm-hmm. to do to take that next step? Mm-hmm. Um, and at that point, you can kind of encompass all three of those. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I gave the knowledge with the seminar. You know, we give resources or, you know, you might get some resources uh, unknowingly because I'm going to send you a follow up email. And so once you have those resources, now you can see that the value is there. But a lot of people don't have the discipline to actually whether it's to do extra paperwork you know, we got people out here that we that people that want to go on TurboTax real quick. Do, 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 do. OK, we could do those things. But do we have the discipline to actually figure out what all those line items mean? Mm-hmm. Can we actually figure those things out? And once we know what certain things mean, now we're able to appropriate certain things to certain areas. See, that's something like the corporations are really good. at, And I think they are uh, particularly to blame as far as the wealth gap as well. Um, because, you know, we live in a society and also, you know, the Chinese implement this type of structure is uh, more for less. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes nowadays we get a lot more for less mm-hmm. and which gains a lot of emotional attachment to, you know, certain things because you feel like, you know, now you're making the right consumer's decision. That's why you see a lot of places, uh, businesses or ideas are more so subscription based. Because, you know, you feel like, okay, well, I'm spending X, Y, Z. It doesn't seem like it's going to hurt my pocket. I'm, you know, I'm a returning customer. They're keeping in touch with me, like you said. Like even the social media, they're always emailing you, sending out different advertisements and things of that nature, making you feel in a certain place, gaining your empathetic, you know, the empathy, which keeping you, you know, connected to them. Same thing with Walmart. You know, when you go in Walmart, it's like you go in there, it's like, damn, I can get a piece of bread. I can get, you know, (laughs) I, I get a TV. You know what I'm saying? So, you feel you feel connected to it mm-hmm. and giving the people that that connection i think that's what we have to do as a society and a and a race of people is that connection yes. we have to really build the connection with the people and once we do that then we can you know take it to new heights uh, uh you know financially and things of that nature we have to start thinking outside of the box of different ideas and business to do that but as long as corporations like amazon google facebook um they're kind of going to be hard to beat. They have gross GDPs that's stronger than, you know, Russia and other countries, you know, and uh, whole continents. So, mm-hmm. you know, so that's going to be pretty hard to connect with. And that goes again with generational wealth. If you look mm-hmm. at their grandfathers, you know, great, great grandfather, there were some of them was, you know, owners of acres and acres of land. They started off in agriculture or my father always was a blacksmith. My father was always into technology and that's what they do. So like you said, we're kind of at a disadvantage and a setback. I don't want to be the, the, the one who waves the beacon to say it's kind of lost hope or anything like that. But I'm, I'm going to tell you this. I'm not really impressed at the route that we really going. Like it really doesn't impress me as much because I feel like we need to, we need to shift our focus more so with love. Mm-hmm. 
a lot. I love that. I love that. Um, <laughs> one thing, one thing, you brought something back up to me um, that I was going to say because closing the gap basically is what we were talking about. Mm-hmm, how mm-hmm. how how to realize and close a gap? Um, I actually work in. Um, I say I'm a public servant. Uh, I do urban and regional planning uh, for three different counties. This ain't your pitch time. I know. I ain't pitching. I ain't pitching. I ain't pitching. I ain't pitching. That don't got nothing to do with me. Look, look, that ain't got nothing to do. That ain't making me no money. I'm on a salary. Yeah, I'm on a salary with that. But I'm telling you, it brought me knowledge to help give back to the community. What 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 did you just finish? Did you just get a Did you just get a piece of paper? Yeah. All right. So you so you know something about the community. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So uh, now now that we understand stuff about the community, we have to get out there and get in the community. Mm-hmm. Um, Hard. The the thing about it is like Detroit. All right. I, I'm in the Lansing area. We don't have public private partnerships that much. Mm-hmm. You know, we have very minimal. Right. You know what I'm saying. So Detroit to see that. So, so to so to see that. That's why we have those structures, those projects coming up. Mm-hmm. Now, how do we say? I'm not going to bring that up. But, you know, when we have those projects coming up, how do we appropriate that or tell our citizens or get them on board to say, do we support this or not? How do we get them to actually give input? It's all about teaching them how to get that, Mm -hmm. you know, and and the community development with the love about that is basically saying, listen, all right, we got the way we we, want to be like them. How do we get like them? And you, I on top of this money have certain have certain tools under our belt to allow us to connect to meet those we don't need a lot of money actually to 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 own or gain ownership of land but we need to actually know the process of yeah, that yeah. you mm-hmm. know because then at that point those are the bare minimal steps that we can take to get people caught up and then want to take that next leap mm-hmm. to get out that rut and then that's still a lot of love that's still out of love. Like, kind of like how the Black Panthers were. Like, you know, they were really involved in the communities to some point where they were feeding families. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And they were owning their local grocery markets and things of that nature. And I think a lot of times we look so much for full participation. We could be very effective as a small group. Yes. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. we just have to take the right approach. It's sometimes it's about just the right target. And, and and that's really what it is. Just knowing, having a direct plan and not always just talking about things or mm-hmm. just coming together to talk. You know, it's about plans and actions. Okay, what are we going to do? This is your job. This is your job. You guys are involved in the community. You guys are great with that. You got certain connections. Okay, let's gain all your connections. Let's gain all your connections. Let's all come together and make it accessible for those who don't have it. Because, you know, a lot of times, as we know, as being African-Americans or whatever you want to, you know, identify as, a lot of times, you know, we like to keep knowledge away from each other. Mm-hmm. You even hear, girl, don't tell her about that job. You know, the they hired. Yeah, it'd be crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what I'm saying. So we got to learn how to, you know, stop feeling like if you get on, I'm not getting on. Mm-hmm. You Correct. know, and and that's where a lot of times we mess up at. Mm-hmm. Like you were saying, you know, coming in the communities, knowing that we could buy buy land and stuff like that. If Mr. Bob owned all this land and he's African American, I'm cool with it. And it's not just necessarily because he's African American. It's because you know I I understand I identify mm-hmm. that my race is lacking. So I'm all always going to be on the cheering up in on on a situation like that and i'm gonna make sure that you know when guys coming around the corner hey hey mr joe you can't leave that liquor bottle right here Mm -hmm. you know we're gonna because this is our downtown it's the same downtown that's uh, it's always been it haven't changed Mm -hmm. it's that Mm -hmm. other people like they said you know one person's treasure is another person's trash or one person's trash Mm -hmm. is another person's treasure it's about what they see you know like Mm -hmm. downtown detroit was very valuable is you know we got rivers we got a whole nother country over there import export Mm -hmm. different type of businesses that we don't get into or know nothing even about you know the salt mines that's here you know we just a lot of times just know just 
what's in our environment. And that's yes. why that's all we know. We have to start getting those guys who are involved in trade, mm-hmm. getting them to come out and talk. Hey, I don't know anything about import and export, but it's a billion dollar company. Mm-hmm. Those corporations also run the world. You know, you see Trump making tax, you know, tariffs or whatever and cutoffs because of situations like that. So we just need to be in tuned about a lot of stuff that other people have the keys to that they're not sharing. And that's really important. And I know a couple of y'all didn't answer this question, but I want to add on this one. And if y'all want to still answer that one, feel free. What investments should people be making right now? Is that in land? Is it in business? Is it in education, infrastructure? I mean, that's a big one here in Detroit. But I'm just curious because, you know, I mean, a lot of y'all, you know, are y'all into this finance world Mm -hmm. or y'all into real estate or y'all into regional, you know, like, where should we be making these investments? Like where should, and not to just say where should our capital be going? Cause I feel like, I mean, you can switch that up, but even the knowledge, where should the knowledge investment be going? How should we be better in ourselves to, to get to that place of financial capability? Locally, before question. we do anything else, we need to do it locally. I think, it, but I, I agree with you locally, but now that that's still a bigger block. So then to drill it down even more, I think everybody have a different level. We have a different level of understanding, different level. How do we create a blueprint? Create the blueprint to graduate. And if we can develop a blueprint to graduate, and I'm not, I'm not saying everybody will can follow it or will be able to follow it because that gets you to the capability part. But what is the blueprint to get into real estate? What is the blueprint to start investing or protecting your assets? Um, or for whether it's college, uh, estate investment planning, um, retirement planning, you know, things like that. Like all of those are different avenues. Mm-hmm. So there, I don't think there is one blueprint for everything, but figuring out what's the best need for your situation mm-hmm. is number one. So understanding, sitting down with yourself and figuring out what's your personal goals and then figure out how to achieve those. Cause to me, like we were saying before we started, I'm doing a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I call myself a jack of all trades sometimes, but I can't focus on all of those things. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to focus on one thing to master before you can be able to honestly move on to the next. Mm-hmm. I mean, now if they piggyback or if one if one ties into the next, I can see it helping. But sometimes having too many things to break you back down. Mm-hmm. So we have to figure out our own goals before we can actually create that solid blueprint to say, look, let me give it to you mm-hmm. to see if you can attain the same greatness that I've done so far mm-hmm. and then see how you do it. So then now I can say make some changes to it and pass it along and say, now, let me see how you do do it with this and if we can start doing that i think we can start seeing some progress you know and then that'd be from land ownership you know to investing in yourself or protecting your own assets to learn how to you know start life insurance policy before you turn 27 so by the time you retire you have you can have over one hundred and fifty thousand dollars in cash to play with yeah six figures of cash to play with while you still having a six-figure death benefit policy mm-hmm. so you know you die yo people get six figures but then if you don't spend on your cash they gonna get whatever cash went with it mm-hmm. so you know when people understand those things they start thinking about that and then how life insurance policies or certain other you know portfolio investments you can use them for businesses mm-hmm. you know to start your business to buy real estate you know you can use those things for that so actually trying to figure out or or understand the missing resources you know so we can add that add that into the blueprint to say listen 
let's go out here and let's show this to people, schools, whoever else. You know, once we get our pool of people, now we know how to edit this, to change this, to make it perfect for the next person. Mm -hmm. I think the biggest thing that you said um, that I think is most important, and even I was kind of reading, I was reading an article about this where it said, kind of similar to when you're on the airplane, they talk about make sure you secure your mask first before you help the next person, Mm -hmm. right? Um, It's kind of the same thing. It's not not that you're being selfish, and I think a lot of times we think like, because we're going out here, we went to school, you know, now we got to come back and make sure our family good. But how are you going to make sure your family good if you're only making forty, fifty thousand dollars fifty thousand can't can't feed the whole fam? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, so you need to find ways to get that if your family didn't give you wealth, if you have no no sense of wealth, to get that wealth to start it, to be the person to be the change, right? Um and as millennials, you know, we are doing that. You know, there's articles that say that we are really the the wealth builders. We're the mm-hmm. ones that's starting those traditions um, of generational wealth. So I think the biggest thing is first making sure you have wealth um, and then, you know, making sure the rest of your family is good. Mm-hmm. I agree with that to a certain extent, whereas that you may go off to college and be able to retain that knowledge. Mm-hmm. But if you brought it back home to mom who been doing something for 20 years, but mm-hmm. never put it into a business, made it an LLC or actually start the market, mm-hmm. you may not be the person that's going to start the wealth, but right. you may be the one to hold the knowledge. Right. But you could have passed knowledge on to mom that now you helping her, but you may be the background yeah. and pushing her. And then she became the wealth right. and then put it into everybody else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think, not just if you don't have the wealth, yeah, but I think the knowledge you should always oh yeah, I agree hand off. But like go, you, but like, like go ahead. Um, going off of what you said, business would be key for me. Starting with business, how to start a business. We see so, and then like we see a lot of people with great ideas, mm-hmm. but they don't ever put in paperwork to do their LLC, right? Mm-hmm. They're like. And it's not even expensive to start your LLC. Fifty-five dollars. Fifty-five dollars. And if you want to get it um, expedited or whatever, it's like twenty-five dollars to get it. So in total, you're spending seventy-five dollars. I mean, you can spend that in a day. So mm-hmm. I had a whole bunch of stuff that came to mind when I was seventy five dollars. <laughs> yeah, like seventy five dollars to start a business. But when you start a business, you don't even realize how much knowledge it comes with having a business. You can write. This is how other races win, right? Because they start. Most people don't even know you can legally pay your child. Yes. From almost the time that they're born. Yes. To they're eighteen. Yes. Nineteen, actually. Your mama taught you mm-hmm. so much. No, I and taught if I, myself and if I this. Was you, I, just I put taught a, myself. This. I just put a business My in mind, their name. You hear me? Oh, when I have kids, <laughs> their business is starting automatic. Automatic, because At, now I have this knowledge, yeah, and sure. legally you can pay them twelve thousand four hundred dollars a year. Yes, untax. Yes, tax. Untax. Read Jeez. up on it. So, so basically, it's taking down your AGI. Yeah. Y'all look that up when y'all get home. No, that's crazy. It's an annual gross but, income for the people who listen. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's an acronym. Adjusted, adjusted gross. <laughs> adjusted gross. When you say adjusted gross. Yeah, but it's different Excuse stuff like me. that. Just having a, biz, a business or putting a business in your kid's name. It's, that's how other cultures get ahead. Yes. But that's why because I said they locally. Know that. That's why I said we have to invest locally because if we don't invest, because a lot of times the first thing we do is, as, as since we're speaking on the topic of you know our culture and our races, the first thing we do is just like we did before is we I want to leave. I'm going to Southfield. Mm-hmm. I'm going to Oak Park. Mm-hmm. Leave them here. I don't want to deal with them. Or Cali. And you know, or Cali <laughs> or or, or, Cali. or Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? And now, like I've been seeing a lot of Ohio license plate, Pennsylvania. I'm like, what the? But what's going on? Make it a, they, they're making it more expensive to live here too. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's because also too they have they have like I said with us we have to understand our positioning. That's the most important thing if we want to strategize. And now if we speaking individually, then I would agree with those terms. Yeah. But if we speaking collectively, when mm-hmm. you speak collectively, you always have to keep the group in mind. Yes, mm-hmm. which means I may be a sale in one thing, and I may think, well, that's not really my problem or whatnot. Mm-hmm. But you got to think the overall issue, yes. and a lot of times the overall issue is participation. How many times you know, like I said, we we go out, we go buy houses out in Southfield or we go out and go buy houses out in Novi and then we see these same people that we say gentrifying our city which mm-hmm. I think is a lame term it is it's just yeah. really just called it that you know they just economically aware mm-hmm. you know at the situation that hey you know you buy low sell high and that's just mm-hmm. what it is you know the economic value um, housing down here was so low why not you know and I take advantage of the resources because we left it Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, because we don't invest locally, you know, buy that lot next door, mm-hmm. buy that house down the street, $100. you know, <laughs> the block says you know, and for a lot of people that don't know, they have amazing programs like buildingdetroit.org, you know, where you can bid where they want to get rid of homes, you know, and, and allow you to be a homeowner and things mm-hmm. in that situation, which get a, which gets a rid of a bill, you know, yeah. which is, uh, you know, what they speak of um, an expense, mm-hmm. you know, or a mortgage, which is a liability. We want to get rid of those things. And that's what a stop the gap to, you know, the middle class. Stop having that illusion that there is a middle class. That's why we have this imaginary gap when really it never was a gap. It's always been rich mm-hmm. or poor. It's just that the ones who are rich aren't investing anymore in the poor. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they've been a lot more tighter holding their money so you can't get loans. You can't get, you know, the credit cards, high interest rates start going around, mm-hmm. you know, because, you know, certain recessions or people not having jobs. Like you spoke of millennials, a lot of us are entrepreneurs. So we really don't have a guaranteed income. That's why so many people graduate from college and don't have a job. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times, you know, we're getting ready, you know, that Hey, let's we build almost like this society to say, let's all come together. Mm-hmm. Let's rub each other backs because, you know, in words, you know, we all basically don't have it going on right now, mm-hmm. you know, because it's a tough fight for jobs. Mm-hmm. So call that nation. With it, with, with, right. Right. <laughs> Um, yeah, but I feel like, and I'm sad because we gotta, you know, come to an end. I told yeah. y'all, you look up and the time be gone. <laughs> this has been such a great conversation. The only question I feel like I left out was the idea around good debt, bad debt. Mm. But we kind of mentioned it a little bit, right? Mm. But you know, people go research, use them phones, Google it. Good, yes. good debt versus bad debt. Make education <laughs> cool, is, right? Yeah. But this is always my favorite part of the show where I allow my guests to kind of plug themselves. I mean, I say it every show. I don't mess with regular people, y'all. We out here <laughs> trying to build together collectively because this is really what it's going to take for us to get to all of these ideas we got. I mean, I hope that, you know, I credit Utopia for my youngest. We ain't got to deal with this shit. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So right now I want to plug each of my guests. Um, it's 353. We got about seven minutes. Y'all use y'all time wisely. All right. So right now I want y'all to go around, introduce yourself. Y'all got any programs, uh, events, anything like that going on, businesses, whatever y'all want to plug this y'all time. Let the people know who y'all are, what y'all doing and how y'all out here changing the culture. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You gonna start Ken because you look like he was ready. No, I, I, I was last. <laughs> That's you. talking, it was like double dutch. Everybody was looking like, who about to go? Not me. Now we down to six minutes. Okay. <laughs> I'm Sylvia. No, I'm a realtor. I, I'm also a regional property manager. I manage um, apartment complexes. I also have a business of maintaining foreclosures with HUD, Fannie Mae, and Land Bank. And I also have an ebook that explains and also coaches with you trying to build your own business and getting contracts with the foreclosures. What's the name of the ebook? It's called um, 
making money cleaning our homes. Okay, make sure y'all get that. (laughs) 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 Um, I'm Ajay Jones. I'm the founder of Real Money Moves Incorporated, which is a nonprofit organization teaching financial literacy to our youth and focusing also on millennials. Mm -hmm. I also host um, workshops for people. um, My target age is like high school through 30. Mm -hmm. Um, So check those out. I just had one in like... uh, february like early march so my next one is going to be in august um i also am i have a business doing um credit repair and um consulting for investment i'll be launching that in august beginning of august um but i'm doing it now um just downing my process really i'm a planner so <laughs> i'm proud um, <laughs> hey practice makes perfect practice makes perfect but um those i have a i have a couple of events coming up brunch at mario's i'm actually being highlighted for the non-profit for them and then i'm also collabing with gail perry mason um yep. with her mm-hmm. money matters for youth camp yep. as well awesome. so i'm excited mm-hmm. glad to be here well my name is d'angelo smith um I own Ticket Avengers. It's a membership-based uh, company that uh, supports individuals with uh, financial needs as far as uh, silver infractions and uh, other legal matters. Um, be on the lookout for that real soon. We're trying to get that done. We're still going through a little bit of the steps that need to be done that's necessary. Um, you can follow us on um, IG at uh, Ticket Avengers. Um that's it, really. Awesome. Um, hey, I'm uh, Angie Perkins. AP is what they call me, uh, <laughs> or Angie P, whatever you want to call me. But um, I work at a PNC Financial Services Group. I'm a Treasury Management Officer working with uh, municipalities, higher education, not-for-profits, um, with uh, revenues of $20 million or more. Uh, so I, I work more so on the business side, uh, corporate side. So we, we could always touch on that. Um, but as far as on a personal side, one thing I did want to just highlight outside of like I do um, education for youth, uh, juvenile delinquents, as well as high schoolers. Um, I think it's important because one thing the last question was about, you know, what are some good investments on some investments to think of? Um, I'll just name a few. Uh, I don't think people realize if you have a health savings account, uh, you can also invest from your health savings account as well. Mm-hmm. So when you put money in there and whatever excess money you have, you can mm-hmm. use that for investments. Um, obviously, there are penny stocks that you can get involved in. Um, I am in the financial industry and more so in the banking world. We don't necessarily agree with Bitcoin, but that's a whole other topic. Forex. Um, Forex. And then um, some other things is real estate. I mean, you know, there's some simple things that you can do there, um, even if it's investing in yourself. So those are just some ideas and things to consider. Oh, man. So Ken, uh, Ken going to end it off. With, yeah, we gave uh, Ken listen. three minutes. Hey, hey, and I needed those. Right, I, we I know. know. <laughs> hey, I'm just playing. Uh, my name is Ken Hall again. Uh, thank you again for having me uh, for the second time this season. Uh, I'm a, by trade, I'm an urban planner. Um, I do regional planning up in the Lansing area, but. You know, because I do everything else, uh, I started my own business, K Hall Enterprises LLC. And basically what I, I, I strive to do is basically, <laughs> thank you. Basically what I strive to do is teach financial literacy and education to those that need it. Um, especially those in our communities and urban community who, who actually lack those tools. So one of the investments that I will talk about looking at is because this is so new to me and I actually do this is talk about life insurance because we need to protect ourselves first. Mm-hmm. And if we don't have anything to protect ourselves, even in investing in something and doing things, how can we actually pass this along? In future um when we talk about state i mean estate trust or wheels mm-hmm. uh trust living wheel trust stuff like that rolling around 
We need all of those because how can we actually officially hand over something after we pass? Right. You know, everybody goes and fight for it. And then if you have to go to probate court, you know, like if you know taxes, the highest. Do anybody know the highest tax? Nope. That'd be 30. when you die. When you 40 percent almost almost yeah, 30, 50. It's 37 percent. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, it depends on how much assets you I got. Though. So that. so <laughs> so so when you talk about you die, you pay the most taxes on your estate at that point in time. Mm-hmm. And with that being said, we have to figure out how to keep most of the money in our pocket um, now and after we pass and to pass it on to the next people. Um, so, yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Well, shout out to the guests, man. I think this is a great conversation. I mean, we could have been on here for what, hours talking about mm-hmm. financial. I mean, because yeah. money matters. And I think people need to start thinking about money differently. We need to be thinking about investments differently. We need to be thinking about how we collaborate differently. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that sometimes you might not got the money, somebody else got the money, you got the idea. It's really about how are we starting to take all of this knowledge that we're obtaining millennials and putting it to practice to do the right thing so that we can make sure that the youth not dealing with this stuff that we're dealing with. I think we in a really good position i just think that we got to start thinking about it differently so thank y'all for joining mm-hmm. um y'all gonna check me out i'm gonna be back in two weeks june 29th is gonna be a psa because we know the summer's starting and detroit is getting hot Uh-oh. so we need to Uh-oh. calm it down y'all calm it down tune she in we're gonna be hot. talking about safety first infrastructure and some other stuff that's going on in the city so thank y'all for tuning in y'all can check me out follow me p-o-l-i-t-i-c-k-e-n politician with Ken abbott jr it's been <laughs> yeah. real Y'all, we out. Peace.